The Lazy Person's Book Club presents... You can blame it on the season, blame it on the weather, oh, blame it for no reason. On a feather, you can blame it on... Blame it on Hoboken. It's the funny, music-fueled modern love story with a touch of mystery set in Frank Sinatra's hometown. Today's episode, Step 1. Part 2. Brought to you by... Take your style from here to there. Juno Studio of Contemporary Hair. Juno Studio of Contemporary Hair. Located in the heart of Boulder, Colorado. JunoStudioBoulder.com Magic kicks off Saturday night when your ferry pulls in from Brooklyn Heights. The gang planks down. Previously on Blame It on Hoboken, New York City tour guide Carolyn Cates is using an ancient math formula to find true love on a deadline. While on assignment in Hoboken, New Jersey, she meets and hires a pushy matchmaker named Jimmy Foss in a Sinatra impersonators club called the Friends of Frank. Jimmy has found Carolyn's perfect guy, a heartbroken custom furniture salesman with decisiveness issues named Ned Allen. Following Jimmy's instructions, Carolyn has taken the first step to love with Ned Allen, and now she's heading back to Hoboken to meet Jimmy Foss to discuss step two. Are we going back to the Friends of Frank's? Carolyn asked Jimmy as she stepped onto the ferry landing in Hoboken. Not tonight, toots. Tonight, I'm taking you on a little tour through my home turf. This is a butcher's shop. This is a local florist. And these are local homes with various forms of statuary. Is that a duck? Could be a stork. And here we are. Home sweet home. Jimmy Foss led Carolyn up six flights of stairs to the top floor of a narrow apartment building. I bought my place a few years ago and prices were low. Sure, it's a walk-up, but I get a lot of living space for my dollar. Not to mention the cardiovascular benefits. My place is the one on your right. A large vase of fresh flowers was sitting on the doorstep of the apartment across the hall from Jimmy's apartment, Carolyn noticed. It looked like a romantic gesture, but then again, maybe she was reading too much into it. Her thoughts were interrupted by a silver-haired woman dressed in a trim pink tracksuit bounding to the top of the stairs. Ah, well, 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 young lady. You must be my mystery florist. My husband, rest his soul, used to buy me flowers every week. When he passed, I thought that would be the end of my weekly bouquet, among so many other wonderful things. A lot of things are gone forever. What can you do? But the flowers, they keep on coming, thanks to you. Oh, but it wasn't me. Except the thank you on my behalf, would you, Tuts? My neighbor here, Mrs. Bustante, was married to the late Mr. Bustante for over 50 years. The lady needs love. She doesn't need to know the details. You're very welcome, Mrs. Bustante. It's our pleasure, really. You're new around here, aren't you? I mean, relatively. I've lived in this building for half a century. That's longer than you've been alive. But now we've met, I'm sure we'll be seeing much more of each other. And really, thank you again for the flowers. It is a very nice thing to do. And a very old-fashioned thing to do, too, by the way. My mother always used to say, a good deed sows a seed. It's like an eye for an eye in a good way. Trust me, a kindness like this won't go unrewarded. And now... Jimmy Foss opened the door to his apartment and waved Carolyn inside. They were standing in a large and largely empty room. 
A small metal table and chair stood in the center of it between two large sets of windows. A small computer sat on the table. Wow, nice place. Minimalist. I prefer a bland workspace. It helps me focus on the fine details of my profession without needless visual distractions. But when my workday is done, the scene changes, toots. Step through this door and you'll see. This is more like the me you know. Am I right or am I right? Black river rocks wound around the floor of Jimmy's other room, between squares of live green grass. A live lemon tree bloomed in one corner. A badminton net divided the room in two. A little wrought iron table with two chairs stood waiting, with a pitcher of lemonade on top of it. An enormous skylight took up most of the ceiling, framed by barn-red shutters. Bookcases full of record albums lined the back wall. This is... This is amazing. When I'm happy, I decorate. When I'm sad, I move. Right now, however, things are going very well for me. A person could say I've been bitten by a love bug, just like the guy in this song. You can blame it on the game or blame it on the batter. It's one of his lesser-known tunes, but it's my favorite. Hold on. Did you just say you're in love? That's privileged information, toots. I don't smit and tell. I'm a professional, remember? You hired me. I need to maintain a certain distance. Well, if we're going to be professional, let's get to work. What does your home badminton court have to do with the second step to love? Think about it, toots. Love, in the game of life, starts with zero. It's your starting score, but the only way you can go from there is up. And having someone return your serve beats the heck out of playing alone. Here, have some lemonade. It's very good. I made it myself. And here's your badminton racket. We can talk Ah! while we play. Hey! Good one. Nice shot! (laughs) Love as a game for two is a good metaphor. But how does it help me with the second step to love? The second step to love is to give something. Specifically, you need to give Ned Allen something that doesn't exist until he takes it from you. What does that mean? It sounds like something you'd read on a fortune cookie. Don't think, toots. Just play. Serving. Good one. Woo! Got it! And match. Nice work, toots. So, about that second step to love. I'm not sure I understand. Then you're doing things perfectly, toots. It's time for you to head home. But I don't don't have the answer I need. Exactly. The second step begins now. What will you give Ned? What is that thing that doesn't exist until he gets it from you? What kind of thing are you talking about? Don't look so worried, toots. You'll think of something. What other choice do you have? We conclude this episode of Sharon Glassman's Novel with Songs, Blame It on Hoboken, available at SharonGlassmanLive.com. Today's episode features, in alphabetical order, Sharon Glassman as... Carolyn and the narrator. Connor Magyar as... Jimmy Foss. Nina Raleigh as... Mrs. Bustante. The songs of Blame It on Hoboken are written by Sharon Glassman and produced by Eric Turin. Join us next week, same time, same location, for another music-fueled episode of Blame It on Hoboken. Blame It on Hoboken comes to you from Studio 2B or Not To Be in Longmont, Colorado, and is syndicated on the Longmont Compass.